Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, August the 9th in 2021 on When I Rise. We are starting year B, proper week 15, which is the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which brings us to the end of David's life and the beginning of Solomon's reign. So we've been doing several weeks of David. Now we turn the page to Solomon. we got an interesting uh, spread of passages here. 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 10-12, through 12, and then over to chapter 3, verses 3-14. through 14. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there this morning. Thanks for making us part of your morning and winter rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. First Kings chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, and then chapter 3, verses 3 through 15. Then David rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. He had reigned 40 years over Israel, 7 years in Hebron, and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most high, important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give to you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant my father, and righteous and upright and up with a righteous and upright heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne to this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in the place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So give me, your servant, a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for the long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administrating justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that you will never have, have been anyone like you, nor will there be after, after you. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. This is a word of God for us. One of the wild debates that happens in philosophy from time to time, and it, it tended to happen in the middle of the 20th century, was how, what is more important, a presence of something or an absence of something? And there seemed to be the governing assumption was that presence would be better, right? What, what, what could be better than having the thing that you actually long for, the thing that you've been waiting for? There's been some other philosophers who argued the other side that uh, actually one's fidelity to something is shown in their longing for something when it's absent, right? And I think it, we have this uh, general saying that happens that absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? And so it's not so much just the presence of something that shows that we have fidelity to it, 
but also in its absence, we show a great commitment to it as well. As I think this is at play here in a way, because here is Solomon. He is um, the new king, and I think in some, some, uh, some, some way, there must have been some arguing about the validity of him being on David's throne. If you remember the circumstances of Solomon being born, he was born um, under some uh, pretense of scandal. And I can imagine that there were some voices, maybe even the minority, sorry, sorry, the majority voice among those who would weigh in on these things at the time, would say that perhaps one of other David's other children uh, should be have access to the throne, and and so here's Solomon, he's the one who's actually been placed there, and so obviously like he starts out his reign with this a little bit of lack going on, lack because of the circumstances which he's born. There's also lack because he's young, right, and he. Um, perhaps because of his lack of experience, does not know where to begin when he begins his reign as king of Israel. And so all this is swirling around, and I love how it's captured in this early part of 1 Kings. Because here he is, he's, he's making a sacrifice to God, and really it's a sacrifice out of bounds. Like we saw that, there's a bit of a, a critique that he followed the Lord mostly. Uh, part of the way in which he didn't follow God is that he offered sacrifices in these high places. So even when he's out of bounds, worshiping not in the most correct way, God appears to him and says, I'll give you whatever you want. And he has this great golden ticket, right? And notice his answer. His answer's got this huge disclaimer. Like, the people are too numerous. I'm way too young. I need a wise and discerning heart so I know how to lead these people. And his answer actually proves that even though he is confessing his absence of a a wise and discerning heart, it actually shows the presence of a wise and discerning heart. And so God says, I need to reveal to you what's already there. Sure, I'll give you the great wisdom that you seek, even though it seems like you have buckets load of it here. And along with it, your your wise and discerning heart is going to allow you to thrive in wealth and honor as well. Now, that sounds like great news at the beginning of his story. We'll go into Solomon's story in depth as we go from week to week here. And we know that the wealth and the honor actually get in his way and encumber his process before God. But nevertheless, I think it highlights this interesting dynamic of absence and presence. And here's the reason why. For whatever reason, as human beings, we're not just thinking beings, logical, but we're desiring beings, and we desire things, and we we tend to desire the things that we lack, right? I desire a bit more money than I have right now, or I desire a better job than what I have right now, or I desire to live in a more interesting place than the city that I live right now, right? So what we desire is something that we feel like we have a lack of. And what we find, and this is something that wisdom literature and stories and songs and movies will tell us, that... Sometimes it's troublesome to pursue the thing that we desire because when we actually get it, uh, we find that it's not very satisfying. And uh, what we discover as we unearth this thing that we desire is that it's not very impressive and I'd rather go back and uh, enjoy the things that I had beforehand. Perhaps you've heard the story of the rabbi from Krakow. Maybe I've shared it on the podcast before, but supposedly a rabbi from Krakow had his dream that underneath a bridge in a nearby town, a town that he was forbidden to go to because of his nationality, there was this treasure underneath the bush near this bridge in a forbidden town. So it was so startling of a dream that he decided that he would have to go risk his life on the journey to go find this treasure. And so he goes to this nearby town and he waits in hiding uh, near a shadow of something to cover and conceal him because there's guards all around. And he stays there for quite a long time and he's waiting for an opening to go and to see if this treasure exists. And finally a guard sees him and a guard goes to him 
and surprises the rabbi from Krakow. And the rabbi uh, is confronted. And the guy says, what are you doing here? And so the rabbi said, well, I'm in trouble. I might as well uh, reveal everything. And so he told this guard about this amazing dream, about this treasure underneath the bush near this very bridge in this town that he knows he's forbidden to go to. And the security guard looked at him and said, rabbi, I don't believe in such dreams. But if if I believe that there was a treasure to be found, it would be underneath the bed of a rabbi who lives in Krakow. And what's the moral of the story there is that uh, there's probably a wealth of things that we seek in the places where we already are existing. The thing is, is we need we need religion, we need spirituality to help us to be content with the things that we have and to, to, to delight in the things that we have so that we don't go on these wild goose chases and waste our life and spend our life on things. That once we get to those destinations, they're not really that impressive to begin with. And so what we need is the peace of Christ. And that comes to the heart of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6.33, where Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Desire the kingdom, and all these things will be added. And Jesus doesn't say this, but perhaps it's underneath the surface. It's because they've already been given to you, and they're already in plain sight. But the kingdom vision will help you appreciate them all the more. Now that's not to say that we shouldn't have vision and purpose and strive for things. That's not saying this, but it's also saying give careful thought to our ways when we desire because it might lead us away from the very treasure that we seek. And so that's going to take a spirituality this morning. And I'm glad that we can kind of see this couched in the story of Solomon. So let me offer a prayer for, for us this morning to be governed not by our desires, but to be governed by this discernment and wisdom that Solomon himself, he sought in those early days of his reign as king of Israel. So let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we need your help today because we know that there is a desire deep within us that will never be quenched. There is something within us that tells us to look to the fire beyond for fulfillment and it could get us in trouble and it could lead us to quagmire. And so we ask that you would help us in this moment. We thank you that because of Christ, you've given us everything for life and godliness. And we know that's going to take discernment and wisdom, the same discernment and wisdom that Solomon asked for on the early days of his kingship in Israel. So God, this day, we are wrestling with something. All of us are something that we are striving for and we need to discern whether we need to give up that pursuit or we need to pursue it further and so we can only know when we cling to you the eternal one so god give us an eternal perspective help us to seek first the kingdom and i pray that whatever is given to us after as we do so and after we do so that we be content with it help us to know the level of enough so that we don't continue to keep on looking and striving and seeing our life being wasted away. So God, give us a joy and a delight in the things you've given us. Help us to order our loves so that we love you through all the things that you give us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.